Welcome to the podcast for Windsor Road Baptist Church. Prepare your heart to receive God's message. We're continuing our series in Work Matters, looking at what the Bible tells us about work. And this morning we're moving to the book of Proverbs and seeing what it's going to show us about life on our front lines, whether that's uh, paid work or, or work we do looking after kids or work we do at social clubs or whatever. One of God's more interesting creations is the sloth. They uh, live in the Central and South America. They, they're about um, 30 to 60 centimetres in length. They spend most of their time living in trees and uh, they have a diet of very tough leaves. And because they've got uh, these leaves are very hard to digest, they've got a very slow metabolism. And so they move remarkably slowly. So apparently on, on the ground, they travel about two metres per minute. So, yeah, so take a, a minute to, to sort of crawl sort of half the length of your pew. They move a little bit faster in the trees, apparently. Three metres per minute yeah, in the trees. They move so slowly that um, beetles and algae and fungi and cockroaches live in their fur. Uh, they, they're just sort of so, but that creates sort of this camouflage, which means that even though they move very slowly, they don't get caught. And one last fact that you might want to know is that they only go to the toilet once per week. When the translators of this text we're going to look at in the book of Proverbs wanted to translate the Hebrew word, which means a slow-moving creature, they chose to use the allusion to the slug or the sluggard. So uh, let's have a look at this in Proverbs chapter 6. How long will you lie there? you sluggard, literally, you very slow-moving creature. When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief, and scarcity like an armed man. So I think uh, the sloth would have been a better uh, analogy, but I think a sluggard is pretty good. You think of a slug, you know, it moves really slowly, and then when it hits any sort of obstacle, it just sort of stops. And, and perhaps that's a, the, a, a good metaphor of the type of person that the, proverb, the writer of the Proverbs is seeking to address. But the big thing we need to realise about sluggardness is that it is selective. Most of us can be pretty motivated in certain parts of our lives, but in other parts most of us have some part of our lives where we are a bit sluggish. So if I know the footy is going to be on at four o'clock, I guarantee you I can get through all of my tasks in a highly motivated fashion so I can be there to watch the game when it starts at four o'clock. But there'll be other parts of my life where I'm a bit prone to be a sluggard. And maybe this is is true of you as well. So it could be you are really highly motivated at work and it could be you are really highly motivated when it comes to sport. You get you, you know, handicap four. But when it comes to maintaining important relationships in your life, you're a bit of a sluggard. doesn't get the same motivation. Could it be that you're really, really good at caring for other people 
And you devote your life to caring for people at home and at work, but when it comes to caring for yourself, you're a bit of a sluggard. The motivation's not there. You don't do the exercise. You don't manage your care in your spiritual life or in any other realm. It could be that you're really, really disciplined in most areas of your life, but when it comes to the internet, you're not quite so disciplined. Or if it comes to social media, you lose all control. It could be that you've got most areas of your Christian life under control, but when it comes to witnessing, when it comes to actually talking on your front line, well, actually, you're a bit of a, a, bit of a sluggard. You're not motivated as strongly in that area. And the message of the proverb writer to you is that if you have these areas of sluggardness in your life, poverty will come on you like a bandit and scarcity like an armed man. In the, in the ancient world, this was very observable. Like if, because if you were a farmer uh, and you didn't plant your crops or you didn't uh, sow your seed or harvest, well, you, you starved. You had poverty. We live in a, in a welfare state, so it's unlikely that we'll end up destitute or homeless if we've got areas of sluggardness in our life. But we can lose our joy in life. We can lose our flourishing. We can lose the, the good things, the blessing in life because of our sluggardness in certain areas. It can be the image of the, the thief is that it can be stolen away, that our joy and our, our satisfaction in life can be stolen away by our sluggardness. So we need to talk about it. We need to think about it. What, and so what does the book of Proverbs tell us about sluggardness? Well, there's a, it talks, I think it's about six or seven references to the sluggard in the book. But one of the interesting ones is in Proverbs 26.14, where it says, As a door turns on its hinges... So does a sluggard on his bed. And so the, the, the metaphor is indicating that there's basically a lack of activity. It's a sort of a passivity in life, which is just, oh, I'll just lay here and hope something happens. And so in our lives, we, we might uh, demonstrate this in just hoping that some way, somehow, my relationships will get better. That somehow... In some way, my, my uh, issues with the internet or my issues with social media will just get better. That, that some way or somehow, I'll start exercising. That somehow or, or some way, I'll be able to share the gospel with somebody and lead them to the Lord. I don't know how it's going to happen, but in the meantime, I'll just roll over and continue my inactivity. Second thing that uh, Proverbs says about the sluggard is that they are fearful. Uh, chapter 22, verse 13, the sluggard says, there is a lion outside or I will be murdered on the streets. So they're, they're looking for excuses for why they're, they're, they don't take active, why they're not active, why they're not addressing these issues in their lives. And it's, oh, if I go out, there'll be danger. So they, they're risk averse. Uh, They're just terrified, and it's probably, it's usually a fear of failure. They go, if I try and address this area in my life and it doesn't work, what happens then? 
If, if, if I make a mistake, the risks are too high. And so the sluggard is, is, tends to, to be passive and paralysed by fear that, that they are so risk-averse. In contrast, the proverb writer says, go to the ant. So in, in just the verses, just above the one we read before, in chapter 6, it says, six, uh, go to the ant, you sluggard, consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers food at harvest. The Bible sometimes, quite often, relatively often, points to nature to teach us wisdom. And this is the case here. Go look at, look at what the pattern is in nature. And it's, it's good in a number of ways, including being very humbling, like we might be more inclined to, to get a, a, a self-help book off the shelf and, and read that to address the, the sluggard areas in our lives. But the, the, the writer here is just saying, just look at, look at the ants. Look at the ant. Look at the ants' activity. I've never seen an ant sitting with its arms folded. Uh, I, I've, you, they, they are active all of the time. And they're fearless. You know, you see an ant, there's this huge leaf and then the single ant comes up to it and starts trying to pull it back to the nest. You know, they, they take the initiative. And, and the, the writer is making the point here is they don't have to be told what to do. They've got no, uh, what to say there, so no commander, no overseer, no ruler. So it's a three times to emphasise it, that the ant doesn't need anybody to tell them to do something. They take the initiative and they are diligent in whatever their tasks are, for the good of their whole community. And so the message is here that the wise person recognises that they need to address the sluggard areas of their lives. They need to take the initiative and they need to be active. And so if, if a wise person realises that they have a problem with their interpersonal relationships, they take the initiative and they do something about it, and they're active in addressing that area. If the, if the wise person realises that they're not caring for their bodies, they do something about it. They take the initiative. They move and do it. Same as if a wise person realises they have a problem with the internet or that they've got a problem with social media, they don't just let it go, they don't just hope it'll sort itself out. They're diligent and active in addressing it. And if, if, if a wise Christian realises that they're not witnessing, that they're not sharing the gospel with, with those around them, they'll do something to take the initiative to make it happen so that they can address that area of their life. And it's very true at work as well. That this is, you know, we're focusing on work in particular, but it's a crucial area where this issue between sluggardness and, uh, and taking the initiative and being diligent works itself out. And some of you have got incredibly rewarding jobs and you should be praising God every day and thanking him that he's blessed you with, with a job that you really enjoy. But for a lot of people, it's hard work. It, it varies from, the, from one end of being meaningless to toxic, where, where you know, what you do just doesn't make any... You can't see any difference why it's, how it's helping anywhere. The other end of the spectrum is it's just a horrible place to be and to work. 
And this is where we need to, it's easy to fall into the habits of the sluggard, to, 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 to not take responsibility, to not take initiative, to not be uh, active in addressing the problems in our work situation. But the wise person takes the initiative. The wise person is diligent in their workplace. And that's because, and this is where we need to go to our theology, these sort of topics we've been talking about for, for a number of years now at, North, at, uh, at Windsor Road, that work is not a curse. Work is good. God created the work. He, he, he is a worker. Jesus worked. Paul worked. And we work because God blesses the world through our work. God is working through us in our workplaces to, to achieve his purposes. And we had the perfect example of that two weeks ago, talking about Boaz, the way that God blessed the whole community through Boaz's work practices and through his diligence and activity in work. But that's the same principle that applies to all of us in whatever our workplace is, that God is bringing about his good purposes through our work. And so we need to be diligent. And we need to take the initiative in our workplaces, even if they are toxic or, or uh, meaningless, because that is the way that God is going to transform that workplace through your diligence and activity. If you've, if you've heard before in Proverbs, though, these are not laws. These are not rules. They're, they're sort of rules of thumb. And, and sadly, you might throw yourself into your work situation. You might take the initiative. You might be diligent. You might do everything you possibly can to transform your work situation and nothing will change. That's just the sad reality. But generally, as a rule of thumb, as a rule of wisdom, it is better to take the initiative and to be diligent in your workplace than to be a sluggard and dodge those things. And of course, every good deed we do at work, if we do it with our face turned towards God, counts. Paul says, always give, always give yourselves fully with initiative and diligence. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know your labour in the Lord is not in vain. Uh, we did a couple of years ago, we talked about Ecclesiastes and the use of that word in vain, meaning like a vapour. It's sort of there for a minute and just disappears. And, th and that's, if we turn our face to the Lord, our work is never in vain because he is eternal. Our work becomes eternal. It lasts beyond when we stop doing it and beyond when we die. And of course, God is the great model of the initiative taker. He took the initiative to create the world. When we spoiled the world through sin, he took the initiative of saving us. He took the initiative in coming in human form. He took the initiative in going to the cross to die in our place. He took the initiative in letting you know about the good news of his gospel. And you are created in the image of that God. That initiative-taking, active God. And if you do less than that, 
you will lose your joy. You will lose your satisfaction because that is what you were created to be. That is what you are called to be. And anything left will leave you dissatisfied. I love this quote from Ray Ortland. Your danger in mind is not that we become criminals, but rather that we become respectable, decent, commonplace, mediocre Christians. The 20th century temptations that really sap our spiritual power are the television, the banana cream pie, the easy chair and the credit card. The truth is that it's very unlikely that you are going to go and commit a major criminal act. That's not the big struggle you're having in your life. The big struggle you're having in your life is with mediocrity. That even though you are created in the image of God to be diligent and to take initiative in transforming this world, you're just going to be mediocre instead. And the wisdom of the Proverbs is that the product of diligence and activity, of, of the fearlessness and, and the wisdom of the ant, is that it will transform you, your relationships and your community. The product, however, of fear and lack of diligence will be mediocrity. And you were not created to be mediocre. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your wisdom. We thank you, we observe, and the, and the wisdom is confirmed by what we observe in nature. And Lord, we thank you that it's pointed out to us by the, the writer of your word, and that we are able to, to share in the wisdom of this proverb. Lord, there are areas of our lives where we are very motivated. That's great. But there are areas of our lives where we are a sluggard. It could be in our relationships. It could be in our care of our soul and our care of our bodies. It could be that when it comes to the internet, we're sluggards. Or to social media. Or it could be in our witnessing on our front lines where we've fallen into the habits of just being mediocre and just rolling along. Lord, help us to hear this wisdom and not just to hear it but to obey this wisdom. And if there is an area of our life where we need to take the initiative, if we need to actually do something in this area, Lord, we pray you'll give us the the courage to do that, particularly if we've been paralysed by fear. Lord, help us to hear your word this morning and actually do something in this area so that we can transform our lives, we can transform our families and we can even transform our workplaces into the sorts of places that you want them to be. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope that you have been blessed by the message. Windsor Road Baptist Church is a growing intergenerational and international community of people committed to whole life discipleship. Please visit us at windsorroad.org.au to connect with us and to learn more about our church.